The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Health and Wellness Channel. For more information about our network and to check our additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericahealth.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. Welcome to Autism One, a conversation of hope with host Terry Aranga. All comments, views, and opinions expressed are solely those of the host, guest, and callers. In the next hour, Terry and her guests illuminate how right now there is more reason than ever for individuals with autism spectrum disorders and their families to have the best hope for the brightest future. Through education and conversation, there is hope. Here's your host, Terry Aranga. Hello, and welcome to the Voice America Health and Wellness Channel and this program, Autism One, A Conversation of Hope. I'm your host, Terry Aranga, here with my guest, Peter Greenlaw. Peter Greenlaw is the author of Why Diets Are Failing Us and the upcoming TDOS Syndrome. Peter has devoted 10 years to studying environmental toxins and their effects on disease, obesity, and health, and given over a 1,000 lectures worldwide. Welcome, Peter. Well, thank you so much for having me, Terry. Peter, how did you come upon researching the topic of diet? Well, that's a pretty easy uh, question to answer. I had a, a real personal health crisis about 10 years ago, and basically I used to be a I was a world-class uh, ski racer and was a world-class athlete and found myself in my doctor's office with a uh, basically a pretty dire um, uh, prescription telling me that if I didn't do something drastically different, I probably wouldn't see my two sons graduate from high school and went on diet, exercise, and and a statin drug for high cholesterol. And after two months of rigorous exercise and starving myself, you know, like 1,500 calories a day, I I found myself, I lost about eight pounds, a pound a week, which is pretty typical. But the problem was that my cholesterol wasn't coming down. So now what could I do? And fortunately, a friend of mine who played professional football is the one that introduced me to the whole new world of toxicity and its impact on us. And I, I just realized that traditional dieting was going to have no impact on what I was already beginning to learn was a huge, huge problem that essentially almost no one was addressing. So it just be, I created this sort of fascinating curiosity to find an alternative solution to what, you know, and even today is the mainstream. That's pretty much what people are doing. They're going on diets and really don't understand. And in my book, Why Diets Are Failing Us, I go over, you know, why that is. But that's how it came about originally from a personal health crisis, and I ended up, when I finally discovered the protocol, I ended up losing as much weight in a few days as I had in two months, and that really ignited my curiosity, and I call myself, a, you know, sort of a neurotic researcher to find out, my gosh, what can we do? So I know it's a long answer, but that's how it happened. Well, as a ski racer and an athlete, it certainly sounds like you had previously been exercising. You coined a phrase, T-D-O-S syndrome. What does each letter T-D-O-S stand for? Well, yeah, after my, um, about nine or ten months ago, I had this huge epiphany. And I, what I realized was that there was a, um, th- this pattern, and it, it then formed and became the T-D-O-S uh, syndrome, as you say. The T is for toxicity. 
The D is for nutritional deficiency. The O is for being overweight, and the S is for stress. Now, individually, those things are deadly enough on their own. But what I began to realize was there was a real interconnectivity between those four cofactors, and that was the thing that was undermining our health, making us fat, making us tired, um, you know, et cetera, et cetera. Uh, because what was happening is that toxins, which are what I believe are driving this whole train towards uh, <laughs> extinction as human beings almost, is really exacerbated by nutritional deficiency. And when toxicity and deficiency combined, it causes us to become overweight. And, of course, when we become overweight, then our stress level goes up. But let's say you're not overweight. Toxicity and deficiency are still the driving force behind stress. So it was the interconnectivity of those four cofactors that became the real um, dilemma. And then what I realized was the reason that, again, back to diets were failing us, that we were working on the wrong problem. People were running around with diet and exercise, and I'm still a proponent of exercise. However, dieting as we define it and know it is, is just not effective against toxins. And if you have the primary cause of what's making us fat in the first place and you're not even addressing it, well, my goodness, how in the world can we expect to have a, you know, any type of a solution? See, unless you can understand the problem and its magnitude and its, its complexity, how in the world could you ever see or apply or understand a solution? So Tito's syndrome is the problem, is what I call the situation with toxicity, deficiency, overweight, and stress working together and magnifying, magnifying their destructive forces on all of us. We all suffer from Tito's syndrome. Okay, so Tito's syndrome, T-D-O-S, toxicity, deficiency, overweight, and stress, Tito's syndrome. And you have an upcoming book and regular um, newsletter updates, I understand, on Tito syndrome. Is that correct? Yes. The Tito syndrome, um, I'm hoping that it will be out uh, sometime in March, actually. Okay. And people can look for more information at www.petergreenlaw.com. You know, you've, you've talked about uh, you've mentioned calories, you've mentioned exercise. So why don't things simply like cutting calories and exercising do the job for weight loss anymore? Well, you know what? That's one of the questions I get over and over in my lectures that I've done all over the world. And so um, let me ask you a question, or let me pose this anyway. What if you didn't know what you think you know, Terry, okay? From a, you know, we're talking about nutrition, exercise, diet, all those things. But more importantly, what if everything you thought you knew was wrong? I don't want you to answer that yet. I just want you to think about it. So here's the other question I want to ask you, okay? Or not, a, uh, not really a question. Would you say that any form of dieting that you know of that exists right now is some form of counting calories? Would you agree with that? Well, actually, I know of a healthful way of eating that I don't like to call a diet that is apart from counting calories. Did you want me to mention it? Uh, you're more than welcome to, but I, I was saying in general, for the most part. I mean, there may be one or two alternatives that are out there because my whole point is really around calories because the human body cannot count calories. The human body, does, as a matter of fact, the only way you can actually mention a counter calorie is in a laboratory. And the, the focus that we've put in this society on counting calories is completely wrong. 
because the only thing that the human body actually cares about are nutrients that we can absorb. So it's not what we drink or what we eat, it's what we absorb. So what's, and I'd love to know the name of this, uh, let's not even call it a diet, let's just say protocol that does not involve counting calories as a way of healthy eating. What, what, what's it called? What I was talking about, um, I don't even like to call it a diet. I just call it common sense, healthful eating, and that involves uh, alkalinity, um, mm-hmm. uh, fostering alkalinity, which from reading your materials, I think that you would uh, probably agree with. But uh, alkalinity is a different issue than um, counting calories per se. Right, and and so here's where everything's messed up. As a matter of fact, there's now many studies that say if you go on a typical, let's say, diet, let's say 1,500 calories a day, the one thing you're guaranteed of is in the long run you will gain weight, and here's why. Because of the D in deficiency, because our food is so nutritionally bankrupt, when we now lower the calories, what's happening is you're lowering the nutrients to the point that it puts the body in starvation mode. And in starvation mode, the body will only store fat and it will burn muscle. That's why the doctors tell you unhealthy to lose more than a pound a week on a diet. It has nothing to do with calories. It has to do with what's in the calorie. As a matter of fact, shockingly, there's do you realize worldwide right now more children are going to die from obesity than starvation, a big study out of England. But more importantly, in a recent study, they found obese children were suffering from rickets and scurvy, which are diseases of malnutrition. Mm-hmm. It certainly wasn't because they weren't getting enough calories. It's because they weren't getting enough nutrients. And to go one step farther, we all were brought up on the RDA, Required Daily Allowance, okay? Well, that's now been changed to a new designation called the RDI, which stands for Required Daily Intake of Nutrients and things like trace minerals that are completely mm-hmm. gone from our food supply. They estimate to meet the minimum requirement, no matter, even if you do organic, you would have to consume between 3,500 and 5,500 calories a day to meet the minimum RDI so it certainly has nothing to do with calories. It has everything to do with nutrients. That's a lot of kale. And I know, Peter, that um, in your writing, you do address food degradation. And getting back to your point about not losing more than a pound a week and um, storing fat and burning muscle, um, I have heard that we're encouraged not to skip breakfast or else your body goes into the starvation mode and then doesn't want to give up anything. That's, yeah, that's the biggest mistake that I made, certainly, before I started my research 10 or 11 years ago. But again, you understand it's still focused around calories. People are thinking, well, if I skip breakfast, I can save those calories and I can actually double up on the calories for lunch. No, you come off your growth cycle at night when when we are producing growth hormone, when the body is replenishing, you know, remaking itself, it needs, drastically needs nutrients at that moment but they got to be the right kind of nutrient. It certainly can't be breakfast cereal, and uh, even if you think you're doing fruit and eggs, it still isn't enough. There, there simply is just too much scientific evidence pointing out the fact that um, we have to have sort of this really balance in very specific uh, nutrients and micronutrients over the course of the day. And breakfast really does, I mean, you know, you're basically out of gas when you wake up. So what do we do? We drink coffee. We maybe drink, uh, you know, uh, energy drinks, things like that to, to make Make up for it, but most people think that by saving the calories, that that's a good strategy to maintain or lose weight. It's a horrible strategy because the body is starving first thing in the morning. And you're also uh, referencing the point that if you think you're eating a healthful 
lower-calorie food, like uh, produce, organic produce, fruits and vegetables. You also want to be mindful uh, about what kind of soil these things were grown in. Uh, was there degradation of the soil? How is that affecting the food supply? How is that affecting your body, your nutritional status? You couldn't be more correct. As a matter of fact, I cite in my book a study done to the U.S. Senate in 1936 where they said basically 99% of the American people are deficient in these specific trace minerals. I mean, they've been basically gone from our soil now for almost 100 years. And wow. yet we keep consuming this food grown in soil that basically is bankrupt or vampant, and we wonder why we're never full. Because, see, the body, body doesn't care about calories. It only cares about the nutrients, and they're simply not there. Even in organic, there are 200 studies now saying that nutritionally, from a nutritional standpoint of view, organic is no different than regular food. And organic does have about 20% normal herbicides and pesticides, but organic is grown with organic herbicides and pesticides. So, see, this is the big myth. That's back to what if you didn't know what you think you know, and what if everything you thought you knew was wrong? Because people think, and I do eat organic because it's cleaner, but nutritionally it's no different than, you know, basically regular food. My one statement that I say is food will never be enough again, period. That's a good way for me to summarize that. Wow, an interesting conversation. Well, we're going to take a break here at the Voice America Health and Wellness Channel, and we will be back with Peter Greenlaw, who's the author of Why Diets Are Failing Us. His website, if you want to take a look during the break, is www.petergreenlaw.com, and we want to thank this program's sponsor, Scientific Learning's Brain Pro Autism that uses fast-forward technology. Please visit them at www.brainprolearning.com. We'll be right back. Your life, your health, your network. You're listening to Voice America Health & Wellness. Every child with autism deserves a voice, but for many, using words and language to express themselves is one of the most difficult parts of their day. Fast Forward is an online program that was developed by leading neuroscientists to help these children find their voice. Fast Forward targets the foundational language and processing skills your child needs to become a successful communicator and proficient reader. Get started with Fast Forward at Home today. Visit BrainProLearning.com or call 855-308-1362 to learn more. Follow the Voice America Talk Radio Network on Twitter. We're at Voice America TRN. You'll get the latest fix on what's happening with our shows, this week's featured guests, and general happenings that you should know about at the Voice America Talk Radio Network. Now you don't have to miss anything when you're away from your home or office. Just go to twitter.com forward slash Voice America TRN or follow along with us at Voice America TRN, the Voice America Talk Radio Network. We're on the cutting edge of social media. Can you keep up? Your life, your health, your network. You're listening to Voice America Health & Wellness. Welcome back to Autism One, a conversation of hope with Terry Aranga. If you have a question or comment, call us toll-free at 866-472-5792. Now back to the program. Here's Terry. We are back with 
Peter Greenlaw. He is the author of Why Diets Are Failing Us and the Upcoming TDOS Syndrome, TDOS. And in the first segment, we learned that TDOS stands for Toxicity, Deficiency, Overweight, and Stress. Peter's website is www.petergreenlaw.com. And Peter, so is it because fat cells have toxins that our lives end up being shortened, or is it something else, or is it some combination of mechanisms? Well, I'm really glad you brought that point up. So here's what we now know that we didn't know, let's say, 10 years ago, okay? In, at the, actually, the American Society of Endocrinologists, but many other scientists have said, and now it's proven because they have finally developed technology where they can test whether or not toxins are actually in the body. What the body does is it's only defense, Terry, only defense against toxins because the immune system doesn't know what to do with herbicides and pesticides. So the body, as it's making a billion cells a minute, some of those are a great many of those are fat cells, that those fat cells actually become the repository for the toxin. So the toxin enters the body, and the body goes, wait a minute, as a survival mechanism, it's actually taking the toxin, and it's stuffing in, in fat cells. Now, that's very problematic. Now, the interesting point is there's a big study that says just because you're thin doesn't mean you're healthy. And when they did MRIs on fit people that had no weight apparently on the exterior to lose, what they found inside around all of their internal organs, brain, kidney, liver, breast, prostate, etc., was this white halo of this toxic fat in which these toxins were housed. So you don't necessarily have to be overweight. And no one escapes this, by the way. No one is not toxic. Um, another study that was stated, uh, American Red Cross, within the last five years, they took newborn infants, Terry, and looked at their cord blood at birth and found that on average, those children at birth in their blood had 287 toxic chemicals, mercury, iodine, arsenic, um, gasoline byproducts, jet fuel. I mean, it was just horrific, every single newborn infant. So there's no way as adults that we could even begin to think that we're not toxic because in adult studies, they're saying that we now are housing between between 500 and 1,000 chemicals in our adipose fat tissue, depending on our age. So does toxins on their own accelerate the uh, aging process and shortening our lives? Absolutely. But again, come back to the Tito syndrome. When you have toxicity and deficiency, uh, overweight and stress, and let's say you're not overweight, but you have three of the four factors, the outcome of the Tito syndrome, unfortunately, not because I say so, but one of the world's leading geneticists has backed me up on this. It is the absolute accelerant for the aging process. Those four are the primary things that accelerate the aging process. So to answer your question, yes, but it's a little more than just the toxins. So I want to get back to a couple of things that you mentioned, but I'll pick up on the last one that piqued my curiosity. So you said that you communicated or um, researched and read about what a geneticist was saying. So is it that the toxins create aberrations or um, deleterious gene expression? Um, is that what it does? Well, here's what happens, okay? The toxicity is fueled by the lack of nutrients, okay? And the lack of nutrients impact the mitochondria, which are the, the, the basically, that's what life is. They're, they're the engines of, of our bodies, okay? But what happens when you have inadequate nutrients, number one, not only do toxins accelerate the process of what's called oxidative stress, and oxidative stress is basically kind of like the wearing out rusting of our cells, okay? So between toxicity and deficiency, 
you're exacerbating or increasing the rate at which the, the mitochondria begins to deteriorate. And that is a major, major contributing factor to um, the accelerated aging process. The scientist that I referred to is Dr. Bill Andrews. He's the world's leading geneticist. He's a friend of mine. It's not just something that I read in a book. So we've discussed this over and over again. And he told me, he said, Peter, those are the four things that speed up aging. And when he told me three years ago, I didn't realize he was giving me the, tar- the, the Tito syndrome. Because he said, Peter, the four factors that we've found that are the big accelerants are toxicity, nutritional deficiency, being overweight, and stress. And of course, stress, as it is exacerbated, also undermines and causes the deterioration of the mitochondria, which in essence increases oxidative stress. And so this vicious cycle circle continues and goes faster and faster and faster because the more toxicity we already have nutritional deficiency, it causes more stress, and that just accelerates the process. So that's why I keep saying toxicity is the engine on the train, but it is the cofactors working together that are so destructive. I guess we should define what you mean by stress at this point, Peter. Do you mean um, stress of somebody throwing too many stacks of paper on your desk and saying they need them in an hour or something to do with cortisol and adrenaline or something else? Well, stress is, uh, Stanford Medical School now says that stress is the number one killer in this country, number one, because it leads to so many other diseases. Stress has many different faces. It's the number one stressor, of course, is what's called economic stressors, which is money. But you have everything from relationships to, yes, papers on your desk to deadlines to traffic to the stress that I said is being caused in the body by the Tito syndrome. And so stress is a multifaceted um, uh, uh, outcome, and it is, fortunately, in the body, we have a natural mechanism. You mentioned cortisol, which is the hormone that actually regulates stress. And stress can be a good thing if you're running away from a bear, for example, or you're going to run 100 yards. But we were never intended to have what's called chronic stress. And what chronic stress leads to is increased cortisol at a chronic level. And increased or uh, chronic cortisol does this to you. Number one, it causes your body to store fat and burn muscle. It also reduces the density of your bones and in extreme cases can actually shrink our brains. So you talk about a magnifying effect of stress, there you go. And all of those things working together. Now you pile on top of that the Tito syndrome, we have a recipe for disaster when it comes to stress. Because long-term cortisol, the other thing that long-term cortisol does, it causes insulin to increase. And when insulin increases, guess what it does? It also causes the body to store fat. So we wonder why we're overweight, and we see a lot of times people under tremendous stress, what do they do? They eat comfort food to comfort them, and of course, then they gain weight. So this is a vicious circle. That's how all of these four cofactors are tied together. Does that make sense, Terry? Yes, it does. Um, This is very good information. And now I want to get back to what you were saying about a billion cells a minute and fat cells being a repository, toxins getting stuffed into fat cells. When I was Um, Embarking upon alkalinity, I also read that um, the blood has to maintain a very narrow range of pH, and that's why um, you needed to, you know, take care in how you were getting these toxins out of your cells. Can you please elaborate upon that? 
Yeah, well, let's define pH for some people that perhaps don't know. pH stands for probability of hydrogen, and it's a, a bell curve starting at zero on the left, going in a bell curve to 14 on the right, in the middle 7.0, which is neutral alkalinity. And uh, there's, there's a lot of research, actually a Nobel Prize was awarded in 1936 by Otto Warburg, who uh, identified that, yeah, your blood pH has to stay in a very narrow range of about, let's say, 6.8 to 7.2, but saliva in urine can vary greatly. And he basically made the assumption and proved it and got the Nobel Prize saying a pH of about 7.5, cancer goes dormant. And at a pH of 8.5, essentially no one really gets cancer because cancer thrives in an acidic environment, which is low pH. So that's extreme. You're exactly right in your research about alkalinity. Nothing could be more important. But let me go a little deeper in this fat cell analysis. And again, Terry, as you know, in reading my research, I'm not the expert. I've become the expert on the experts, and I've tied all this research together. The American Society of Endocrinologists, not Peter Greenlaw, identified these fat cells that are being created to store the toxins, and they call them obesogens. Their words, not mine. They say these obesogens are being created and altering our hormones and reprogramming the human body to gain weight. There's your number one reason why diets can't possibly work. There is no diet, at least that I've been able to find, or any exercise program that will get rid of obesogens. And therein lies the dilemma that we all face. Wait, can you please define obesogen? Again, is it a little creature or... No, it's actually a fat cell. It's the combination of the toxin entering a fat cell and causing that fat cell to be the repository for the toxin, and they call those fat cells obesogens. That's the name they give to those specific fat cells that store the chemicals because we have other fat cells in the body. So let's say you exercise and you do lose some fat. You're not losing the obesogens to be very precise in the distinction between the two types of fat cells. Ah, okay. And that's why um, exercise alone won't work. You need something that will help you flush the toxins out of the obesogen. Because there have been studies done, for example, on sweat in exercise. They've measured sweat. There is no toxicity in the sweat. You could run from San Francisco to L.A. You would lose no toxins through sweating through exercise. That's been proven. Wow. Well, Peter, aren't our bodies just equipped to detoxify? Yes, that's exactly right. But let's go back to Tito's syndrome for a minute. We have in the body what I call natural toxin hunters, okay? And in a great book called Detoxify or Die by Dr. Uh, Sherry Rand, she's an MD, she identified what I've been talking about, but basically validated what I've been saying. The human body has these very specific nutrients. One is called glutathione, and its job is to go out into the body and take a toxin and pull it apart in what's called phase one detox and make it water-soluble so it can pass out to the liver and the kidneys. That exists in the body naturally because just the, the fact of eating food in the digestive process, we create toxins, okay? The second one is something called a polysaccharide, which rests only in the inner heart fillet of an aloe plant, not the leaf, 
but just in the inner plant. And both of those in combination are extremely powerful toxin hunters going out into the body and pulling the toxins apart. Now, that sounds great. Here's the problem. Because of nutritional deficiency, we are woefully short in glutathione. And most people don't consume aloe vera with polysaccharides in it, so there are your two things. Remember when I said in the beginning that toxicity runs wild because of nutritional deficiency, and that's why. Because those specific nutrients are in such short supply that they can't possibly uh, come up against the 100,000 chemicals that we now have in commercial use that are inundating our bodies through water, through air, through breathing, through cosmetics, through dry cleaning, shampoos, your pillowcases. I mean, it's, it's so rampant. And the way it works is for every molecule of a toxin, we give up a molecule of glutathione or polysaccharide. So as it goes out and tries and do its job, it's, it's number one, they're undermanned. And then as they go out and do their job, they become more and more undermanned. And of course, as we age, then we start to see the deterioration of the body showing up in disease statistics, which now we're getting sicker and sicker at younger and younger ages. Well, I'm glad you brought that up about glutathione and toxins, and we're going to pick up with that when we come back from break here at the Voice America Health and Wellness Channel with Peter Greenlaw, author of Why Diets Are Failing Us and the Upcoming GDOS Syndrome. Please visit his website during the break, www.petergreenlaw.com. And we want to thank this program's sponsor, Scientific Learning's Brain Pro Autism, which uses fast-forward technology. You can visit them at www.brainprolearning.com or click on the Pretty Brain Pro banner on my host page. We will be right back. Opinions, options, answers. You're listening to Voice America Health & Wellness. Every child with autism deserves a voice, but for many, using words and language to express themselves is one of the most difficult parts of their day. Fast Forward is an online program that was developed by leading neuroscientists to help these children find their voice. Fast Forward targets the foundational language and processing skills your child needs to become a successful communicator and proficient reader. Get started with Fast Forward at home today. Visit BrainProLearning.com or call 855-308-1362 to learn more. We're making it easier to listen to the Voice America Talk Radio Network wherever you go. In addition to listening live, you can check out information about your favorite talk show hosts, discover new talk show personalities, add shows to your list of favorites, and listen to all our show archives on demand. All from your iPhone, BlackBerry, or Android. Download it from the Apple App Store, BlackBerry App World, or Android Market, and get ready to tune in. The Voice America mobile app, powered by Aircast. Opinions, options, answers. You're listening to Voice America Health & Wellness. Welcome back to Autism One, a conversation of hope with Terry Aranga. If you have a question or comment, call us toll-free at 866-472-5792. Now back to the program. Here's Terry. We are back here at Voice America with Peter Greenlaw, the author of Why Diets Are failing us, and his website is www.petergreenlaw.com. In the last 
segment, Peter, um, you mentioned the book Detoxify or Die by Dr. Sherry Rogers, and you also started talking about glutathione and how that's insufficient in a state of nutritional deficiency. And then you also alluded to the fact that glutathione um, can be knocked out by toxins. Did I get that right? Well, yeah, pretty much. What I was saying is that if imagine we have two molecules. One is a toxin, let's say a herbicide or a pesticide, and one is glutathione. It's a one-for-one one transfer, according to Dr. Rogers, where the glutathione, in order to dismantle the toxin, basically gives itself up. So in the process of the detoxification, in other words, in shattering the toxin, it literally shatters itself. And it converts it from a toxin into a water-soluble uh, form that the body can now use to get into the liver and or through the kidneys. And as we know, the liver is the one that does the heavy lifting relative to heavy metals and things like that. But the problem with these toxins, they're not even getting to the liver because they're in a form that the liver won't accept or the kidneys. So they're trapped inside these obesogens. So the glutathione is critical in order to break the toxins down. But because you have overwhelming force, in other words, the body had a base level of glutathione to deal with natural, you know, digestive uh, issues. I mean, when you break food down, but it was never set up to deal with the 100,000 chemicals we have in commercial force. So we're right. using up our glutathione and we, one of the, one of the keys in the, in the long run is a way to stimulate, to create more glutathione. That's going to be one of the secrets to this, along with, like I said, the polysaccharide, which exists with inside the inner heart gel of the aloe plant. All right, and when you use up glutathione, with glutathione being so vital to the immune system, is that what helps uh, create a situation of chronic disease? You betcha, and it's also, you know, many scientists believe it's a major contributing factor to the huge increase in autoimmune diseases because a glutathione, not only is it a toxin hunter, but it's a very, very powerful antioxidant, okay? And what do antioxidants do? Antioxidants deal with what are called free radicals, which are produced by the deterioration of the mitochondria that we talked about earlier. And, of course, those free radicals add to what? the acceleration of the aging process. Do you see how all this fits together now? You see how they're so interconnected. So this is the relationship of the, these obesogens and our metabolism? Correct. Because again, okay. the body was meant, you understand as human beings, we're really meant to burn fat, not sugar. Sugar is temporary. But when you have more and more of your fat cells being relegated to store obesogens, you can't use them for fuel. And, of course, then we gain weight and we slow down even more, and the body begins to adapt. When you have nutritional deficiency, literally all the body has to make a sacrifice, and it's in a priority system. It starts at the brain, then it goes to the, you know, the lungs, the heart. I mean, if those three things stop, you're done. So the wow. body will allocate. Now, if there's not enough of certain nutrients left for the liver or the pancreas or uh, you know, any of the other organ systems in the body, so be it. Because the brain is number one, let's face it. It's gonna, it, it does not want to die, okay? But without the lungs and creating oxygen, then the heart can't work. So those three things take up if there's only, let's say there's 40% of the nutrients that we actually need to supply the whole body, those 40% are pretty much going to be used up with those three organ groups right off the bat. So there's the, there's the, in lies the dilemma and the danger that, you know, many of the scientists I work with believe that's what's going on. Mm-hmm. And 
Peter, you've mentioned things like pesticides, herbicides. We know that there are all sorts of toxins and pollution like heavy metals. Um, but what about processed foods? What about processed foods are problematic? You've mentioned sugar. Yes. Well, that's a, there's a great book called Pandora's Lunchbox by one of my friends, Melanie Warner, and she, she did an exhaustive study on processed foods and said, for example, and just last week, um, Subway finally is going to take an ingredient out of their bread that uh, a truckload of it on the Dan, I'm in Chicago today, on the Dan Ryan Expressway turned over about four or five years ago. They brought in the highest level hazmat team, closed the expressway down with a one mile radius because this stuff is so explosive. And, you know, this is the kind of stuff that's in processed food. If you look at the labels, Terry, I defy you, even myself, to pronounce most of the words that are on the back of it. Processed food, the problem is that natural food started, the only, what is, what is processing for it? For shelf life. It, and what it does, it destroys the nutrients. I'll give you an example. Many of the, our listeners today are probably giving their children what they believe is healthy cereal in the morning. Cereal is nothing more than dead flakes in a cardboard coffin. And it'll say enriched and fortified. So they add back in a few vitamins and minerals, just enough to list it on the label, but not to do you enough good. There's another great book called Sugar, Fat, and Salt by Michael Moss, Pulitzer Prize-winning New York Times. He spent four years in the food industry. Listen to this. He discovered something, and they admitted that they've created the bliss point in food. The bliss point is the, food, is the point when we eat food that the brain gets stimulated. They actually did MRIs of the brain to determine the right mixture of salt, fat, and sugar, not to satisfy you, but to get you to the point where you're excited by the food, but not enough to fill you up. And they did this on adults and children. No, it's true, the bliss point. And what they did, they did MRIs of children and adults, and the model that they used to determine this bliss point was cocaine addicts because sugar does exactly the same thing in the brain as cocaine. Right. That's what we're up against in processed food, let alone the fact that, that, you know, when it says it's cheese, it's really not cheese. It's some, I mean, we, we now have food chemists that are creating these chemical formulas that we call, you know, cheese or spreads or mayonnaise or whatever it is. It's just, it's crazy what we're doing to ourselves. It's Frankenstein science. Yeah, it's a, it's a cheese-like substance or something. And I liked your turn of phrase, dead flakes in a cardboard coffin. Yes. So... Yeah, so um, why is the supply through any sort of modern-day food, in your opinion, inadequate to meet optimal nutritional needs? Well, again, it's not Peter Greenlaw's opinion. It's, it's study after study. Um, the biggest thing that we're missing are these, are these trace minerals and the rare earth elements. You see, basically trace minerals are the periodic table. That's what formed the earth. And if you went back 200 million years ago when we had dinosaurs on the earth, the volcanoes were spewing out, you know, um, see, you got iron and you got calcium and magnesium, which most people have heard of. But there's these tiny little minerals, including arsenic and zinc and copper and gold and silver and uh, molybdenum, boron, selenium. There's about 78 of these trace minerals. For the most part, if you took the best food you can find today, it'll have 14 or 15 of these trace minerals. That's, that's, that's a high number. And that's what they're talking about when we need 3,500 to 5,500 calories a day. That's to try and increase. But even if you're increasing your food, the food only has 14 or 15 out of the 78. So it's not even a matter if you increase your calories. This is the most, the most nutrient-deficient 
two things that we're suffering from. One, nutritional deficiency caused by lack of these trace minerals, which are the what are called the spark plugs of life, but more technically, they actually are the cofactors for the enzyme reactions in the human body. And of course, mm-hmm. enzymes do everything. They detoxify us. They're antioxidants. They help to break food down. They do all these things. So without those adequate supply of trace minerals, the body's running on basically reserve power. So this is the thing that most people don't understand. And the other thing that we're lacking that most people don't understand is an incredibly pure source of protein. Protein is the, the, probably the most important nutrient in the body that is the least understood and least studied. Let me give you an example, Terry. If we were to drain, I'm sorry, how many different types of proteins do you think are, are exist in the human body? Just take a wild guess. Um, I am not going to venture a guess on that. Peter, I'm going to let you tell me. <laughs> 350,000 different proteins. And if you took the human body and drained all the fluid out of it, 50% of the dry weight of our body would be protein. You see, it's not for muscles. It's for the brain, the neural connectors. That's why it's so critical with many of these children with challenges. They're not getting a great source of protein. It's for every fiber of our body, not just for muscles. That's why it's so misunderstood. And so when you're giving your kids cereal in the morning, they're not getting protein. When you give them yogurt, it's not the same protein. Even if you give them fish, chicken, eggs, salmon, I don't care. It's not the same. The number one protein in the world source, of course, is mother's breast milk. And mother's breast milk is about 60% whey protein and 40% milk protein. I mean, that's what we needed all along. But we've substituted, we've processed food, we've done all these crazy things. And, Terry, all it takes is for you, this is not from Peter Greenlaw, but from Dr. Michael Colgan, world's leading authority in proteins, he said, all it takes is to eat an inferior type of protein, like a hot dog, a corn dog, processed meat. It will take our bodies three months to recover from an inadequate source of protein. Wow. Yeah, wow. That's what I thought when I learned this. Well, so actually... Some foods that we eat are, it sounds like some foods that we eat are energy drainers rather than energy providers. You got it. Absolutely. Yep. They maybe temporarily satisfy us, but then we crash. And Peter, you cited that quote-unquote research. I don't even like to call it research with the, because it was such a... Uh, it was not a good use of research dollars, what you were talking about, the, the MRIs to see where well, the, people... The bliss point, the bliss point, to create the bliss point. Yeah. They spent a billion, they spent a billion dollars over 10 years, a billion dollars, according to Michael Moss. Well, this is fascinating, Peter. Um, we are going to pick up when we return from break here at the Voice America Health and Wellness Channel with author Peter Greenlaw, who wrote Why Diets Are Failing Us and the upcoming PDOS Syndrome. You can find information on these at Peter's website, www.petergreenlaw.com. Thank you to this program's sponsor, Scientific Learning's Brain Pro Autism with their fast forward technology at www.brainprolearning.com. We'll be right back. Opinions, options, answers. Voice America Health and Wellness. 
every child with autism deserves a voice. But for many, using words and language to express themselves is one of the most difficult parts of their day. Fast Forward is an online program that was developed by leading neuroscientists to help these children find their voice. Fast Forward targets the foundational language and processing skills your child needs to become a successful communicator and proficient reader. Get started with Fast Forward at home today. Visit BrainProLearning.com or call 855-308-1362 to learn more. Have you friended us on Facebook yet? Why not? Just go to Facebook.com forward slash Voice America or search for the keywords Voice America. Once you are part of our Facebook network, you'll receive daily messages about what's happening with our shows, this week's featured guests, and new happenings of the Voice America Talk Radio Network. And you can add your voice to the always active discussions on our wall. Just go to Facebook.com forward slash Voice America or search for Voice America. Opinions, options, answers. Voice America Health and Wellness. Welcome back to Autism One, a conversation of hope with Terry Aranga. If you have a question or comment, call us toll free at 866-472-5792. Now back to the program. Here's Terry. We are back with Peter Greenlow. He is the author of Why Diets Are Failing Us and the upcoming TDOSPDOS syndrome, which stands for toxicity, deficiency, overweight, and stress. And you can find more information about this on Peter Greenlaw's website, www.petergreenlaw.com. And Peter, can you please tell our listeners in a practical way how what you've shared with us to this point relates to chronic and autoimmune diseases? You did mention autoimmune uh, earlier, especially autism, ADD. ADHD, and how nourishing and detoxifying with the aid of good nutrition can help. Yeah, I'd be happy to. So um, there's a great book, um, and I encourage anyone that has children with special needs, any of those categories and more, there's a book called The um, the Auto... It's by Dr. Uh, Mark Hyman, um, and it's called... It just went out of my mind right now. I'll come back to it. But he points out a uh, UCLA in the neuropsychiatry uh, department. I'll give you a direct quote from the study. And in the study, the the doctor that did it said, um, autism is not a disease of the brain, but a disease of the digestive tract and the autoimmune system. Why, she says, do 90 to 95% of autistic children in autopsy have some form of um, autoimmune disease or gastrointestinal problem? So Dr. Hyman really, it's called the, um, gosh, I'll think, I promise I'll think of it, Dr. Mark Hyman. I can't believe I forgot it. It What? That's okay. Is it? Autoimmune disease stop your body self attack. No, 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 no. It's um, again. I'll I'll think of it. Hopefully before before we're done. But he points out in there that there's now overwhelming evidence that nutrition, because most people don't understand that the digestive tract pretty much has as many neurotransmitters as the brain. In other words, the the mm-hmm. when you think about the job that our digestive tract has to do in determining the right amount of chromium and magnesium and zinc and things that have to go to all these different parts of the body and kind of allocates it, it really starts to make sense. And then when you look at it, and, and many of the children that I've uh, you know come into contact with, when I talk to their parents, I mean, I'm just I'm aghast at the diets that they have them on, which typically are very high in sugar because they're craving sugar as a way because it does make them feel good temporarily and so it just it exacerbates and like I said before in the brain there are two primary neurotransmitters that control our emotions one is called 
um, uh, serotonin and the other one's called dopamine. And dopamine is the, um, it, it's the area in the brain where we are able to have pleasure, we're able to concentrate, and it also gives us strength. And ironically, men run out of dopamine much, much faster than women because dopamine is also, uh, it points out the problem. It points out the problem where serotonin is the resolution. It's like if you hug your child and you feel really good, your body's producing serotonin sort of to reward you. Well, lack of nutrients, lack of nutrients, and very specific trace minerals, especially through the brain, um, is, is a, you know, things like copper and zinc, and also one called lithium orotate, and also even grapeseed extract have been shown to really, I mean, we're not talking about curing anything here. We're just talking about perhaps increasing their functionality or, or whatever it might be for parents. They see it as huge victories. But these lack of these specific nutrients, along with lack, let's say, of whey protein, is a huge contributing factor now the research is beginning to see in um, number one, the, 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 the cause to maybe make these conditions even worse than what they were, or given the right nutritional spectrum, uh, it, it, it turns around. It, it's called the Ultra Mind Solution. Sorry, that's the name of the book by Dr. Mark Hyman. I knew I'd think of it. Ultra Mind Solution by Dr. Mark Hyman. Incredible book addressing very a lot of what I'm talking about right now. And, of course, for the last 10 or 11 years, I've seen it over and over again in, in children and or in adults when we began to change this whole nutritional profile and introduce some of these new what I call uh, preventative interventional technologies and protocols because my third book is going to be called the Tito's Protocol, which will be the resolution or the solution to the Tito's Syndrome. And in there, I'm going to talk about a lot of these uh, you know, various things that because the first thing we've got to do is we've got to turn nutritional deficiency, nutritional bankruptcy into nutritional abundance, at least to give these children and or adults a fighting chance to at least um, maintain or maybe even increase what I like to call their human potential. We're not curing anything, but we may, in fact, be able to improve their situation to the point where they can be, uh, you know, healthier and, and have a more productive uh, and happier and happier life. I want to emphasize happier because uh, I've seen this. I've seen this over and over again in children, and I've just really, really been amazed at how effective the changes in the nutritional profile made such a big difference in their life. I mean, it, it sort of goes against everything you'd think, but it, I guess it makes perfect sense when the brain demands so much, so much in terms of nutrients to function because it's, you know, it has the biggest job. So does that, does that make sense, Terry? Well, I, I like, Peter, I like, Peter, how you said you want to turn nutritional deficiency to nutritional abundance. Right. And, you know, you brought out the point that the gut, the gastrointestinal system, is so integral to the immune system, yeah. um, a huge part of our immune system in our gut. And you also brought up the involvement of neurotransmitters yes. and the gut. So yeah. these are always, always that we need to look at this with a whole body perspective. And when you were talking about the material from Dr. Mark Hyman, uh, I don't know if you were refer referencing Dr. Martha Herbert, but you were reminding me of um, things that she has said in the past about the brain, uh, perhaps what is going on in the brain is downstream of things that are going on in other parts of the body. Right. Well, I mean, the, hey, the nutrients are coming from the gut. They're being dispersed out to the bloodstream and hopefully penetrating the blood-brain barrier to get in the brain in the first place. And the problem is when you're lacking some of these nutrients, um, 
therefore, even if you have the nutrients, your problem still is how do you cross a brain barrier and get enough of this stuff in so that you can stimulate serotonin and dopamine, which are our primary uh, centers that make us feel good or feel bad or be depressed or, you know, unable to concentrate or many of these, um, you know, situations and or conditions that we're seeing rampant, out of control, crazy. I mean, I always tell parents, I said, really, do you think ADD and ADHD are Ritalin and Adderall deficiency? I mean, we're giving these drugs out like they're candy without, and big report in the Wall Street Journal, maybe you saw it nine or six or eight months ago saying, now psychiatrists and stuff are concerned that maybe we are over-medicating these kids, that we're pulling the trigger too soon to put them on these drugs, because many of the studies are saying that later in life, these kids, depending how young they start on these medications, become addicts later in their life, alcohol, drugs, whatever. I mean, this is a huge, scary problem, like this, this tsunami is coming. We're sitting on the beach in our beach chairs thinking, I wonder why the tide went out five miles, you know, like in the Philippines when it happened, right? I think this is, I think we're looking at a, at a catastrophe that no one can even begin to believe what possibly, possibly can happen. Mm-hmm. And you want to help turn this around. So last question with the time we have remaining. This is a show about autism. What are among the most important nutrients for autism, Peter? Well, again, in my opinion, is is you want to find the purest and rarest source of basically whey protein on planet Earth because it has it definitely has ingredients within it that help in in men to stimulate dopamine and in women to create something called oxytocin, not oxycotton, oxytocin, and that helps to stimulate serotonin. That's one of the critical ones. The other one is we must introduce. The, at least 70 of these trace rare earth elements and, and, and trace minerals into the body. Those are so critical. Those are way ahead even of fruits and vegetables and whatever. Because uh, I'll, you know, and I, <laughs> Uh, I always make people mad when I do this, but one of the biggest, there's a huge study out of England now. We were told, you know, let's, we need to be juicing, okay? Well, the study of England says that one thing that juicing will lead to is probably a great increase in type 2 diabetes because when you juice, what you do is you remove the fiber from the fruit. And, and nature is amazing. Like you're much better off eating an orange if you have an autistic kid than giving your kid orange juice or apple juice because the fiber slows down, controls the release of the glucose to the brain won't cause an insulin spike and won't cause these huge variations in behavior. There's a very simple thing that parents could do with, let's say, autistic kids. Start giving them a whole fruit, not fruit juices. Avoid sugar at all costs, especially high fructose corn syrup, because here's the insidious part. The brain only works on three things. It works on water, it works on salt, and it works on sugar. And you need four grams of sugar every three hours or you go into hypoglycemic shock. But the problem is when you're giving kids soda that have high fructose corn syrup, it takes 10 times more high fructose corn syrup to satisfy. So instead of four grams of regular, of, of you know, say dextrose or pure sugar, you need 40 grams of high fructose corn syrup. And then these parents wonder why their kids are becoming overweight and all of these problems. And sugar, as I said, they've proven same stimulation in the brain as cocaine. As a matter of fact, in England and in the EU now, they're trying to, they're actually, this legislation to control, they want to control sugar like as a drug. 
Well, Peter, I want to thank you for being with us today to share this information about how to rid ourselves of toxins that keep us ill and get nutrients that help us. Are people able to contact you through your website? Absolutely, yes. There are links there, and we're going to have even previews of Tito's Syndrome and Tito's Protocol up there, and there'll be ways. We actually have even advisors that people can get real questions answered because, you know, no, no one person is alike, and we get tons of questions. So I'm rapidly expanding the access that people can have to the information because that's my goal. My goal is to change the world based on the decade of research that I've done, at least in the area of the Tito's syndrome and the Tito's protocol. Well, thank you for that. And to our listeners, you will be able to see Peter uh, at the Autism One Conference in Chicago. The Autism One Conference is being held May 21st through 25th at the beautiful Intercontinental Hotel in Chicago. Please visit www. .autism1.org, and we want to thank this program sponsor, Scientific Learning's Brain Pro Autism, which uses fast-forward technology. Please visit them at www.brainprolearning.com. And thank you to our listeners for tuning in to the Voice America Health and Wellness Channel. Thank you for listening to Autism One, a conversation of hope. To contact Terry or get more information, visit autismone.org. Tune in next Tuesday for another hour of education and conversation on Autism One, a conversation of hope with Terry Aranga. Thanks again for listening to the preceding program brought to you on the Voice America Health and Wellness Channel. For more information about our network and to check out additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericahealth.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the preceding program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management.